0: Greetings, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government is upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So as we celebrate this Christmas holiday season, let us be reminded that Jesus' birth was the fulfillment of God's promise. Jesus came to demonstrate love and to destroy the power of death. Because of Jesus, we can have salvation, healing, peace, and joy. Because of Jesus, we can celebrate, because that's what Christmas is all about. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. We are thankful for all of you. You mean so much to us. We thank you for all your love, your prayers, the generous gifts of support. Together, we are taking the good news of the gospel to the nation and transforming lives through the power of Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from us to you. We love you. Grace, peace, and and blessings. Well, praise God. We are in the Christmas season, are we not? Hallelujah. This is a time of excitement. This is a time of celebration but it also should be a time of separation for all of us. Amen. Again, verse seven, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm exhorting all of you this morning to make room for Jesus. Well, the world is now celebrating this season But as believers in Christ Jesus, we celebrate a Savior. Yes, even in the midst of all of the symbols and the legends and the sounds and the sights, the music, the poetry, the colors, and all of the traditions. Even in the midst of all of those gifts and all of the bills, not to mention that large pile of ripped up wrapping paper and ribbons that will be strewn all over your floor on Christmas morning. But oh, what a wonderful, wonderful time of the year, is it not? Hallelujah. This is the Christmas season. Hallelujah. As we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Every birth is a miracle. And every child is a gift from God. But 20 plus centuries ago, there occurred the miracle of all miracles. A baby was born, but he was and is the son of the living God. And so this gospel here, this account from Luke, the physician, Dr. Luke, although, ah, hallelujah, he was not the the attending physician, but Luke provides most of the details that surround this awesome occasion. And with a divine father and a human mother, Jesus entered history as God in the flesh. Hallelujah. So let us, for just a few minutes, let us step inside of the text on this morning. Again, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. Well, there was a decree that was made, and it went out from Augustus at that particular time. But although it came from a human mind, hallelujah, it came because God willed it to be so. This decree came forth in God's perfect timing according to his perfect plan that a Savior would be born into the world. And Joseph went up also from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, or to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and of the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, The days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And again, I love this verse. As she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the air. Well, the birth of a child is a significant event for every parent but the birth of jesus was significant event for every generation that was and is in this world to come praise god hallelujah over there hallelujah and i believe that jesus's birth that it confirmed god's power and jesus's birth confirmed god's his his promise to all of us as people of god because he was born just as our heavenly father God said. So the words of this text, to me, they really re- grip the sensitivities of, of of my heart and they should also grip the sensitivity of your heart as well. They laid him in a manger because there was no room in the end. Now, there is a kind of pathos in my mind and an indignation which surrounds the words of our text as we think about our Lord and Savior, as we think about him being born in in a stable because there was no room in the inn to receive him. No room to receive Jesus. And so he was pushed to the outer periphery to be born. Well, when we consider the context and when we consider the circumstances and the characters, uh, even in our own lives, things like that would differ. But I believe that the malady of overcrowded and unconcerned lives remains even to this day. Verse 5 says, to be taxed with Mary, his his espoused wife, being great with child. Whenever we say taxes, I think all of us kind of get chills and we, we, we roll our eyes and, 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 and we get that sense of dread because of all of that. But I believe that our Heavenly Father God, he, he, he chooses the foolish things of this world and the weak things and the wise things of this world to bring to naught the things that are. God always has a plan and a purpose for everything that he does in his life. And I believe that God used this particular taxation period to fulfill his plan for the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It had been prophesied that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. And the Bible had to be fulfilled as it always does. But Joseph and Mary, they lived in that place called Galilee. And Mary was now great with child. So then how was our heavenly father God, the creator of the ends of the earth? Then how was he going to make sure that the child was born in Bethlehem? Yeah. God had it all worked out because everyone had to return to the city of their birth to pay their taxes. But God was miraculously and supernaturally con trolling the events of the world. And he was working all things out, hallelujah, so that he might fulfill his promise to send the savior into the world. And if I could just pause and give you some reassurance and some comfort today, no matter what you may be going through in your life, God is still working things out. He's working and moving behind the scenes. Hallelujah, this time of taxation Forced Joseph to Bethlehem, and everyone had to return again to the city of their birth. Mm. Glory be to God. Joseph and Mary had planned for the child to be delivered in Nazareth and 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 but God overruled their plans. Now, in summary, was all of what God was planning, was all of that necessary? Well, why did Jesus have to be born in that city called Bethlehem? Because David had been born in Bethlehem, number one. Therefore, it was necessary for the son of David also to be born there in Bethlehem. And number two, because the Scripture foretold that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Micah chapter two, verse f- Micah chapter five, verse two in the Old Testament. Write that down. Jesus was not born in comfortable surroundings shockingly he was born in a stable and laid in a manger or a feeding trough and his birth is covered in one simple verse yet I believe that we can take so much from it because there was no room for them in the air Jesus was born in that smelly stable and He was neglected and turned away by men from the very beginning because there was no room for him in the end. Mary was about to deliver and I believe if that somebody had cared that room could have been made for her to deliver the savior of the world. Jesus was born in poverty and if Joseph had possessed any money at all I believe that he could have Bought a room for them But our Lord was was Purposed and planned to be born in Obscurity and lowliness His birth Took place away from people And I know that when when Our children and we have family members That are born and we get the call that uh, You know so and so is on their way To the hospital and then the calls Go out and everybody gets excited And they come and they gather You know in the waiting room to find out What who else do we have to add to our, to our family? And It is an exciting time, but in this case, it was not. Well, I'm so glad the times have changed, although no one was there to witness it, but Joseph and Mary. Today, we all celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He wasn't born in a hospital. He wasn't born in a comfortable home. Uh, uh, He wasn't born under a doctor's care, and he wasn't born under the stars of heaven or even out in the open. But our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was born in that smelly stable, the lowest imaginable place for a birth. No one would make room for Mary in the egg. Money and personal comfort were more important to all who had become aware of the situation. But write this scripture down as I quote it for you, Luke, chapter 21, verse 34. There were so many that missed that first coming again of Christ. But my question is, how many will miss his second coming when he returns? again for us. Luke chapter 21 verse 34. And take heed to yourselves lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life so that day come upon you unawares. Well people of God it's easy to accuse that an innkeeper of all kinds of gross neglect and put all of that responsibility upon him for the mean circumstances in which Jesus was born. Well, I also think that it's easy for all of us to debate whether the innkeeper did all that he could possibly do to provide Mary and Joseph with lodging in the inn. But Jesus, however, faces the same problem today. No room in the hearts of the people. It's good for us to be productive. Is it not, people of God? But sometimes our lives can become so crowded to the point that we don't do much of anything well. Some of our lives are so crowded with commitments that we just run to and fro all the time because somebody must have told us that that busyness is a sign of a productive life. And so from the time we get up in the morning, to the time that we lay down at night, we are rushing and we're trying to get a lot done and we're worrying about how we're going to get it all done. But now for just a minute, I want all of us to think about this. Much of what we worry about doing and most of what we run ourselves into into the ground trying to do, really isn't that important. Somebody say amen. amen, hallelujah. One of the hard realities that some of us need to face is the truth that we cannot do everything that we want to do without something or somebody else being crowded out. So if you're trying to hold down a full-time job, God bless you if you are. If you have a career or, or full-time marriage or full-time child rearing, or you have time consuming and energy draining civic and social responsibilities and involvement, Some things and somebody is going to be crowded out. None of us, no matter how strong and mighty and healthy we are, we don't have enough room physically, mentally or emotionally for everybody else that we allow to make claims upon our lives. We are only built to accommodate just so much. But many times as our text states, and as it demonstrates to all of us, when life gets overcrowded, Jesus is often pushed out. Jesus, not social commitments or some spur of the moment item that we bought are considered to be expendable items. But when money gets tight for some, their giving and their church commitments become expendable. But the irony of Jesus' birth was that he was looked for, he was hoped for, and he was prayed for, but wasn't expected when he came. But to many people, even today, Santa Claus who comes where we are and brings us, what we want is more of a reality than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who was born in a manger a long time ago. The coming of Jesus to humans to bring salvation and healing and eternal life, I believe is the greatest and most important event that the world will ever know. Are you with me all this morning? So let us never allow our hearts and our lives to become so overcrowded that we fail to see and be a part of what God is doing right in our midst, even now, sometimes. We may think to ourselves, well, I'm being obedient, so why are things going better for me in my life? Well, we face this comfort or inconvenience that immediately we think that we must have misread God's will or that God has made a mistake, but God has the power to reverse the order of things on this earth. I want you to know people of God, not only for his glory, but for our good as well. And he is well able to control natural events and do exactly like he promised us in his word. Now listen, this quiet, very understated couple journeyed toward Bethlehem. But I want you to notice something. God did not soften Joseph's bumpy road, but he strengthened him as he was traveling along the way. God did not provide a luxurious in for Joseph and Mary, but brought his son into the world in humble surroundings. Here's something for all of us. When we as people of God, when we too do God's will, we may not always be guaranteed comfort and convenience, but we are promised that everything, even discomfort and convenience, if it should arise, has no meaning in God's plan for your life. Because God, he will guide you and he will provide for all that you need. But just like Joseph, we too have to live each day by faith, trusting and knowing that God is in charge of our lives. All of those people, they, they thought that their promised Messiah would be born in royal surroundings, not in a stable in a manger. Well, to me, they were limiting God in their thinking and in their mindsets. And we too at times, we should not limit God by our expectations because God is always at work, whenever and wherever he was needed in our lives. And although our first picture of Jesus is as a baby in a manger, it must not be our last people of God for the baby Jesus the Christ child in the manger makes a beautiful Christmas scene. But we must not leave him there. This tiny, helpless baby lived an amazing life. He died for all of us. He ascended to heaven and he will return to this earth as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus will rule the world and he will judge all people according Listen to this, Jesus Christ will rule the world and judge all people according to their decisions about him. Question, do you still picture Jesus as a baby in a manger? or is he your Lord? Make sure you don't estimate Jesus. Make sure that you make room for him and let him grow up in your life. Let him be your Lord and Savior. Come on, let's stand to our feet, people of God. Hallelujah. We'd like to thank you for joining us in our service on today. And before we leave, we'd like to give you the opportunity to accept Jesus as your Savior. It is as simple as A, B, C. I accept God and acknowledge the sins in my life. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and I commit my life to you. If you said that simple prayer, we believe that you've been born again. Welcome to the family.